His law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord's are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And that is Psalms 19, verses 7 to 11. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and next to me, like always, the president, Steve Den Hartog. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back to another B.O.D. Yeah, you guys, we're, the song is on. We are doing another episode of Body of Divinity. Um, guys, we have been off the radio for a little bit. Um, we have been busy. There has been some rescheduling uh, with some authors. Uh, people have been sick. Uh, but one of the most important things that uh, has been going on here in the ministry is Steve, why don't you give us the great news? Yeah, so we closed on the new property and uh, did that a couple of weeks ago. And we are in the process now of just getting the blueprints finalized, going to be getting the uh, quotes from contractors and then get going with the finish off. And Lord willing, we'll be moving in sometime in August. So praise God for that, for all the answers to prayers. It's just just uh, amazing to see his hand in it all, to see where he's brought us these past 10 years. Yeah. You know, guys, we started talking about getting this new location on Bridge Radio uh, for almost two years, yeah. right? Oh, uh, yeah, at least. Um, at least two years. And it's amazing what happens when we are patient uh, and the Lord has just been so faithful. And you guys are listeners uh Thank you again for all that you guys have done and giving um, your emails. Uh, it's absolutely been very encouraging. And yeah. we know that the Lord has just done this. And uh, we just want to thank you guys as well. Amen. We've closed. We're, we're excited. We're going to be close to a university yeah. here in Laredo. Uh, so we are international university, mm -hmm. a lot of opportunity for outreach there. Yes. Yeah, so we're super excited and, and we'll, we'll give you guys an update on that. Uh, so, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, hopefully we'll get on a regular schedule here. You guys were probably wondering if we were still around. We are, um, uh, again, we have things lined up coming here, but today, uh, we are going back in time. 329 years yes. in the body of the divinity. If you guys have not uh, checked out our other uh, episodes, uh, please do so. Um, and please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And please visit our website at bridgemenlaredo.org. We are also now on Spotify. Mm. So please go ahead and check us out. All right, Steve. All right. Well, why don't we get started Let's here? Um, we last time left off on the, uh, what was it? The bottom of page 31. Mm. If, you're, if you're following along in the book with us, it is the bottom of the page uh, 31. And we're going to start out here with the uses of scripture that Thomas Watson outlines. So uh, he starts out uh, with use one. He says, see the wonderful goodness of God, who besides the light of nature has committed to us the sacred scriptures. The heathen are enveloped, enveloped in ignorance. And uh, then he goes on to say that we have this blessed book of God to resolve all our doubts, to point out a way of life to us. And... 
So he's just really emphasizing here what a blessing it is for us to have this special revelation of Scripture. Not only do we see the work, the handiwork of God around us in nature, right, general revelation, but we have this special revelation as well that he has given to us to know how to live, to know how to have a relationship with him, to be saved uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, he goes on and say, God has... God, having given us his written word to be our directory, takes away all excuses from man. No man can say, I went wrong for what for want of light. God has given thee his word as a lamp to thy feet. Therefore, if thou goest wrong, thou doest willfully. No man can say, if I had none, if I had none the will of God, I would have obeyed it. Thou art inexcusable, O man, for God has given thee a rule to go by, as it is written in his law, with his own finger. Therefore, if thou obeyest not, thou hast no apology left. Yeah. That's really good. I love that. And then he makes the connection about a master leaving his uh, will in writing to his servant, you know, telling his servant what he wants to have done and uh, tell him what work he wants to have done. And if the servant neglects the work, that servant is left without excuse. So in the same way, we have God's written word to us, right? We're without excuse. And uh, most of us have access to a copy of the Bible. There are still some parts of the world where it's very difficult, but um, we in the West especially have no excuse for neglecting his word. Yeah, so true. Uh, Something that... You know, we we must remind ourselves. You know, um, when you know we we'll we'll touch about it a little bit later. The author does, but he goes on and use too. He says that is all scripture of divine inspiration. Then he, it reproves. Mm. Number one, the papist who takes away part of the scripture and so clips the king of heaven's coin. They expunge the second commandment out of their catechism because it makes against image and it is usual with them. If they meet with anything in scripture, which they dislike either to put a false gloss upon it, or if that will do not, I'm sorry, excuse me. If that will not do to pretend it is corrupted. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I like how he emphasizes the importance of not taking away anything in Scripture that God has given to us or adding to it, Mm. vice versa. I mean, he does compare it here to Irenaeus. He goes, they are like Irenaeus who kept back part of the money in Acts uh, 5-2. They kept back part of the Scripture from the people. Yeah. And we know what happened to him and his wife. Exactly. Little fibbers. <laughs> God took him out of this earth. That's right. <laughs> and then he goes on to use number two. He says, it condemns the antinomians. Mm-hmm. And just to give you a little bit of background on antinomianism, I'm, us- I'm using the uh, Lexham dictionary here on theology, but it says antinomianism is the position that Christians are not bound by any law. So against the law, basically, Mm -hmm. whether related to religious practice or ethical behavior. This may include the idea that salvation and freedom from the law permit believers to sin without consequence. And that's what Paul objects to in Romans 6. And so Watson says, uh, 
our use of scripture condemns the antinomians who lay aside the Old Testament as useless and out of date and call those who adhere to them Old Testament Christians. God has stamped a divine majesty upon both testaments until they can show me where God has repealed the old, it stands in force. And then he goes on to talk about how much gospel there actually is in the Old Testament, yeah. especially how it points to, you know, the fulfillment that we have in Christ. Yeah, he goes on, the great promise of the Messiah in the Old Testament, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Nay, I say more, the moral law in some parts of it speak gospel. I am the Lord thy God. Here is the pure wine of the gospel. The saints, the great charter where God promises to sprinkle clean water upon them and put his spirit within them. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's some really good stuff. Yep. And then he goes on to say that uh, all scripture is of the, under the heading that all scripture is of divine inspiration. He says, because of that, it condemns the enthusiasts mm. who, pretending to have the Spirit, lay aside the whole Bible and say the Scripture is a dead letter and they live above it. What impudence is this? Till we are above sin, we shall not be above Scripture. Let not men so talk of a revelation from the Spirit, but su suspect it to be an imposture. The Spirit of God acts regularly. It works in and by the Word. And he that pretends to a new light, which is neither above the word or contrary to it, abuses both himself and the spirit. His light is borrowed from him who transforms him into an angel of light. Wow. He goes on to say in uh, number four, it condemns the slider of scriptures such as, as, as those who go the whole week and month and never read the word. Mm. They lay it aside as a rusty armor. They were, they prefer a play or romance before scripture. Um, they, uh, the weightier matters of the law are to them insignificant. Oh, how many can be looking at their faces in a glass all the morning, but their eyes begin to be sore when they look upon a Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And then he says that uh, he closes out that section by saying that, uh, talking about those who would never use the scripture as a curbing bit to check them are carried to hell and never stop, you know? And so God has given us scripture as a guide and we are guilty. We are responsible for uh, not using it yeah. appropriately for using it as a, uh, as a guide in the way that we are to live as followers of Christ. I think uh, this point here, um, pretty re relevant in the time that we probably have been living now. Um, I mean, I don't think it was new and anything is, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we saw it then even in, you know, back in 1692 or 1629 when this is written and we see it now, he goes on to say it condemns the abuser of scripture those who mud and poison this pure crystal fountain with their corrupt glosses and who rest scriptures. Second Peter 3.16, the Greek word is that they set, they set it upon the rack. They give wrong interpretations of it, not comparing scripture with scripture as the antinomians pervert that scripture. 
Uh, Numbers 23, 21. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob from which they infer that God's people may may take liberties in sin because God sees no sin in them. Mm. It is true. God sees no sin in his people with an eyes with with an eye of revenge, but he sees it with an eye of observation. Yeah. Again, why it's so important to use scripture yeah. to interpret scripture, right? Yeah. Because you can make it say anything you want it to say. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're living in a time where, you know, people want to get around that, Yeah, you know, and it, it's really sad, you know, um, the word is clear. Yeah. And it's not going to contradict itself. And it's not going to contradict yourself. And when we start taking, you know, our personal opinions historical facts and insert them in there to make it say that what it doesn't we're in the wrong yes and we're in sin yeah absolutely so then he goes on with use three of scripture he says if the scripture be of divine inspiration then be exhorted and then number one point number one under this section is to study the scripture it is a copy of god's will be scripture men bible christians I adore the fullness of scripture, says Tertullian. In the book of God are scattered many truths mm. as so many pearls. And then he talks about uh, this blessed book, filling your head with knowledge and your mm. heart with grace. Yeah, he goes on to say, God wrote the two tablets with his own fingers. And if he took the pain to write, write well, may, well may we take the pain to read it. Mm. Yeah. We forget that. Yeah. We forget that God God wrote his laws with his own fingers, right? Yep. And we just don't think about that. This is his work, all of it. Earlier he was saying, you know, some people want to unhinge themselves from the from the Old, from Test- the Old Testament. Testament. Yeah. This is guys, this is 1692 when this was written. Yeah. And we're hearing the same thing in 2021. Again, there's nothing new. <laughs> I mean, this is a this is a time machine here. It is, yeah. He was dealing with the same thing back then, yeah. Maybe in a different context, but there's nothing new. He goes on in this section to say, "Had I the tongue of angels, mm. I could not sufficiently set forth the excellency of Scripture. It is a spiritual optic glass mm. in which we behold God's glory." It is the tree of life, the oracle of wisdom, the rule of manners, the heavenly seed of which the new creature is formed. And then he goes on to talk about reading the Bible with reverence. Mm. He says, think in every line you read that God is speaking to you. I mean, just uh, ponder that, you know, Mm. the fact that God is speaking to you through his word. He says, read with seriousness. It is a matter of life and death. By this word, you must be tried. Conscience and scripture are the jury God will proceed by in judging you. Read the word with affection. Get your hearts quickened with the word. Mm. Go to it to fetch fire. Yeah. Labor that the word may not only be a lamp to direct, but a fire to warm. Mm. Read the scriptures, not only as a history, but as a love letter sent you from God, which may affect your heart. That's good stuff. Yeah. A love letter. A love letter from God. To us. And pray the same in the spirit that he wrote the words may assist you in reading it. 
that God's spirit would show you the wonderful things of his law. Go near, says God to Philip, join thyself to chariot to chariot. Acts 8, 29. So when God's spirits join himself with chariot of his word, it becomes effectual. Mm, yeah. Amen. We need his spirit to enlighten us, to open our eyes, to hear what he says to us. So we always should combine our reading of the word with prayer, right? Asking mm. God to allow us to have ears to hear and hearts to understand. And then he goes on, point number two under this section, to be exhorted to prize the written word. He says, David valued the word more than gold. The word is the field where Christ, the pearl of price, is hid. In this sacred mine we dig, not for a wedge of gold, but for a weight of glory. Mm. The commandment is the lamp and the law is his light. The scripture is the chart and the compass by which we sail to the new Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he gives some practical application. He says, is it sin that troubles? Here is a scripture cordial. Do outward afflictions disquiet thee? Here is a scripture cordial. The scripture will make us wise. He says, uh, by thy precepts, quoting from the Psalms, by thy precepts I get understanding. What made Eve desire the tree of knowledge? It was a tree to make one wise. The scriptures mm. teach a man to know himself. They discover Satan's snares and stratagems. Second Corinthians 2 Two, they make one wise to salvation. Oh, then highly prize the scriptures. And then he goes on to say in uh, number three, he says, if the scripture is of divine inspiration, believe it. The Romans, that they might gain credit to their law, reported that they were inspired by the gods of Rome. Oh, give credence to the word. It is breathed from God's own mouth. Mm -hmm. Hence arise, though, profaneness of men that they do not believe the scriptures who and he's quoting isaiah uh 53 1 i believe yeah uh, who has believed our report did you believe the glorious rewards the scriptures speak of would you not give diligence to make your election sure did you not believe the infernal torments of scripture speak of what it will not put you in a cold sweat and cause trembling at a heart for sin, but people, but people are in part atheists. They give but little credit to the word. Mm. I mean, this is a, this is a time that we're living in as well. And I think it speaks to us as Christians too, right? Mm. I mean, we, we live as practical atheists if we're not living by the word of God. We know, we know the truth yeah. and yet we sometimes choose to ignore it yeah you know and so we're living as practical atheists at times too when we don't abide by god's word when we know it especially yeah because we don't believe it yeah right if we believed it we would live by it exactly yeah and we're not saying in that in, in atheists you know obviously you guys in the content yeah. context that uh, uh steve is saying it but it's true we are being atheists when we don't believe God's word. Right? Exactly. But, you know, something definitely to think about. Um, he goes on to say, learn to realize scripture. Get your heart wrought to a firm belief of it. 
Some think if God should send an angel from heaven and declare his mind, they would believe him. Or if they should send one from the damned and preach the torments of hell all in flames, they would believe. But if they believe not Moses and the prophet, neither will they be persuaded, uh, though one arise from the dead. Hmm. And that is Luke uh, 1631. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's Luke talks about that. Yeah. That even if somebody comes to the from the dead and tells them that it's true, they still won't believe. Exactly. And Jesus is very clear. Yep. You have the law and the prophets. Exactly. We have all that we need. We have what God intended to give us to make us wise. He says, God is wise, and he thinks the fittest way to make his mind known to us is by writing. Mm-hmm. And such and such as shall not be convinced by the word shall be judged by the word. If the word written be not believed, it is like writing on water, which makes no impression. Wow. Mm. Wow. Good that, metaphor. That is, yeah, it is. He goes on to part four, love the word written. And he's quoting Psalms 119.97. Oh, how I love thy law, Lord, says Augustine. Let the Holy Scripture be my chaste delight. I mean, hmm. do we love the word? Hmm. That's the question. Do we really? Earlier in the section, he was saying, do you love it like silver and gold? Yeah. Do you, do you love it more than your money? Your cryptocurrency <laughs> for 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 you millennials. Do you love God and His Word? Yeah, quoting from Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, he mm. says, "Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and they mm. were the joy and rejoicing of my heart." And I think that's just a prayer that we can all have. We should all have right is that God's word would be the joy and the rejoicing mm. of our heart. Yeah. Sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Yeah. Psalms 1410. Wow. Hmm. And then point number five, he says, conform to scripture. Let us Mm. lead scripture lives. Do what the Bible commands. He says, what are we better for having the scripture if we do not direct all our speeches and actions according to it? What a dishonor it is to religion for men to live in contradiction to scripture again so do we believe scripture do we believe it's divine do we believe it's god's word to us then let it guide our lives let let us be conformed to it yeah i like how he says in this section uh section six contend for the scriptures mm. though we should not be contentious spirit not be of contentious spirit yet we ought to contend for the word of god this jewel is too precious to be parted with. And that's Proverbs 4, 13. Keep her for she is, for she is thy life. Yeah. He um, says, the scripture is beset with enemies. Heretics fight against it. Mm-hmm. We must therefore contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. Jude 3. Are we willing to contend for scriptures? To yeah. Fight what, for it. What is your thoughts on that? Because yeah, we're not supposed we're supposed to contend, like he says here, for scripture, but not be con- have a contention spirit. Mm, but yeah, are we? How how many of us are really fighting for truth of scripture? Yeah, because the other side is just bombarding us with all this untruth, 
And are we are we out there battling this or are we just sitting back and just saying, yeah, you know, whatever, just let them talk. Right. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that uh, and I don't I don't think we need to give up home court advantage, so to speak, when we do that. You know, everybody comes at their worldview from certain presuppositions. Yeah. Non-Christians from their secular, materialistic worldview, Christians from a biblical worldview, you know? And so it's not like we need to go over to their side first and then try to fight our way back. Mm-hmm. Our position, our viewpoint is just as valid, more valid, right? Because it's the word of God to us than theirs is. And so um, we don't need to be embarrassed to fight for, and I mean that in a, you know, in a gracious way yeah. to be contending for the word of God, to be contending for that biblical worldview. And the other side likes to use our material, right? Oh yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll, they have no problems, you know, you shouldn't judge anybody taking, you it know, Jesus, Jesus is love. You know, they might not know anything, but, uh, you know, we, we talked about in the last podcast of that, uh, that crazy priest guy who's mm. you know just taking a scripture just out of content yes and just and people are believing it why because they don't know truth so you know he says it 200 million people or two 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 million people believe it yeah and that starts spreading and then they you know so again go and examine it for yourself read it for yourself yeah yeah for sure point number seven here as we start uh closing out the podcast he says, be thankful to God for the scriptures. What a mercy it is that God has not only acquainted us with his will, but that he has made it known by writing. In the old times, God revealed his mind by visions, but the word written is a sure way of knowing God's mind. Second hmm. Peter, Second uh, Peter, chapter one, verse 18. Yeah. God has given us the way to know his will, to know his mind for us. I mean, what a treasure that is. And a lot of people, <laughs> I don't know what my will, what God's will for me is. Yeah. <laughs> Read the scriptures. <laughs> Read the scriptures. <laughs> Read the scriptures. Right there, you'll see his prescriptive or his moral will for you. And mm. that's what you really need to concern yourself with. Mm. He goes on to say in this section, the devil is God's ape and he can transform himself into an angel of light. He can deceive with false revelations, as I have heard of one who had, as he thought, a revelation from God to sacrifice his child as Abraham had, whereupon following this impulse of the devil, he killed his child. Thus Satan deceives people with delusions instead of divine revelations. Therefore, we are to be thankful to God for revealing his mind to us by writing. Amen. We are not left in doubtful suspense that we should not know what to believe, but we have an infallible rule to go by. I love that he I called love that. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. I love that he called this ape. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and we've always talked about the, you know, the the devil is God's devil. He's a key. God created him. You know, I've heard people say that. No, that that's no, God is not. The devil is not God's devil. Yes. Mm, The devil does God's will. Mm -hmm. Even in his fallen state. Right. He cannot do anything 
without asking permission. And if you guys don't believe me, go read Job. Go read Job. Yeah. All right. The devil is subject to God. Yeah. And I like what this, I like what he says here in that uh, the scriptures are what we need, all we need really to know what God's will is for us, what Mm -hmm. his mind is for us. You know, how often do we hear somebody say, well, you know, I have this prophetic revelation or I have this, you know, this extra biblical revelation. Well, how do you know? How do you know that? Yeah. We have God's written word to us yeah. that we know is true. Stop seeking signs and wonders and open up your Bible and you'll find out his will. Right. Yeah. And and I love that this section he is, he talks about searching, right? Uh, he's talking about the, how, how he's given these metaphors uh, in, in, in what the word is. Right. Guys, get in the word. Amen. All right. For, for you guys who are sick, seeking extra revel, revelation outside from Scripture, everything has already been written. It's there, mm-hmm. right? Hebrews tells us that, right? We got it right in front of us, Amen. you know? Stop looking for a- a- anything else. Yeah. Open up your Bible. Amen. You so, have what you need. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. And then he goes on. Uh, point number eight, closing out this section, adore God's distinguishing grace if you have felt the power and authority mm-hmm. of the word upon your conscience. If you can say as David in Psalm 119, 119.50, thy word hath quickened me. Christians, Christian, bless God that he has not given thee his word to be a rule of holiness, but his grace to be a principle of holiness. Mm. Bless God that he has not only written his word, but sealed sealed it upon our hearts and made it effectual. Yeah. I mean, it's there, guys. It's, it is it is there. And uh, he ends this section and he goes on to say that the same scripture which to them is dead letter should be to us or to thee a savior of our life. Amen. Yeah. There it is, guys. And, you know, when we, when we read through these things, it, you know, it's, it, it convicts me, you know, and how I look at scripture. This is why it's been um, really good just going through the book. Mm-hmm. Go get the book, guys. Amen. Yeah, um, go through it. Go get the book and go through it with us. While yeah. We're going through it. A, a Body of Divinity, right, by Thomas Watson. Uh, and it is published by Banner of Truth. All right. By Banner of Truth. Yep. Go get it. And go start, if you guys want, go back and listen to the other five, I believe, five or six podcasts of, uh, we started from the beginning. And then next time, uh, we're going to be starting in uh, part number two, God and his creation. Yes. The uh, being of God. The being of God. We're going we're gonna to get in some deep stuff here, guys, for sure. So stay tuned. Amen. I love this because it's a... It's, it's, it's a systematic theology, but it's concise. It's very readable to the point. You guys will be blessed yes. by uh, reading this. Yes. So, guys, uh, that concludes this week's episode on A Body of Divinity by Thomas o. Watson. Uh, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, and like we always like to end the, sh- the show what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life 
and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Till next week. <laughs>